Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless, the podcast that teaches you how to live a healthier lifestyle that makes you and the planet happier. The world is changing quickly. Sometimes it feels like you can't keep up. I hear you. You want to make the world a better place. You care, but you don't know where to start. You know taking care of yourself is important, but how? I get it. I have a history of diving into a new endeavor, seeking perfection, and quickly feeling like I failed. Whether it was going vegan or learning how to recycle more, I wish I had guidance to keep me on track and not overwhelmed. I can't lie, the world needs your help. But it doesn't need you to be perfect. This podcast is here to help. Here we go. This week, I talked to Tyler Chanel, an ethical blogger and model who wants you to give your natural self a chance. I like to put people on the spot right when they get on and ask if you were to put yourself today right in this moment on a spectrum from totally feeling clueless to conscious, where would you put yourself? Okay. If I had to put myself on the spectrum, I would say I'm more on the clueless side. Like I like to say I'm more conscious. Like I was getting my life together last week. So if we had a conversation <laughs> last week, I would have been totally on the conscious side. But this week I've been having a crazy week. Like TV fell on my foot on Friday. And so I was like totally out of commission. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. I was like walking around with a cane, like hopping around, like in so much pain. And then two nights ago, my daughter, uh, whenever I do her nails, the first time I do them, they get like really sharp. If I do them when she's awake, I have a six month old daughter. And so I did her nails and I didn't do them really good. Like I filed them down, but they were still sharp and she jabbed me in my right eye. <gasps> so she scratched my cornea. So I had to go to the doctor yesterday and like, get like these special eye drops. And I'm just like, what's next? Like, I'm just waiting. Like what is going to so happen next? Like, much. Yeah. And now I'm trying to find, I'm like, okay, well now that this is happening, I would like to find a new primary care physician because I don't really love my current one. And then I'm, I just feel so clueless. I'm like, where do I even go? Where do I even start? I've been trying to find like a more holistic kind of doctor. And apparently there's not that many in my area. So now I just feel like totally lost, especially when it comes to healthcare. Like (laughs) I feel totally clueless today. That's my task today. Try to find a new doctor and deal with all my, you know, injuries. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That's such a good point. Nothing makes me feel more clueless than when I have to navigate healthcare. Right? <laughs> it's sad that that's the case. And it's funny, I keep seeing these Instagram ads for this thing called Tia. I don't know if you've seen them. Like, are you in LA? Where are you based? No, I'm in Minnesota. Oh, you're in Minnesota. Okay. I'm in mm-hmm. LA. In LA, they have these things called Tia, and it's supposed to be like a more well rounded, holistic, like women's healthcare and it's supposed to make healthcare <laughs> easy. And I was like, they just opened one like, not too far from me. So I'm like, maybe I check that out. Interesting. But I don't know. I'm still clueless. We'll we'll see. <laughs> well, it's such a good, it's such a good thing to bring up, right? Because when you're trying to live a more conscious life, a more sustainable life, a healthier life, which I think are things both of us are committed to, navigating how to take care of your body is a really interesting thing. In my experience, at least. It kind of shifts how you want to. You're like, I want to use, for me, it's been like Western medicine, obviously, but I want more Eastern holistic stuff too, but it feels like the both and does not exist in our system. So it's true. It really doesn't. And it's, it's just so difficult. Like the process is to go about it. Like, I just want to go on Google and get a quick search, but then you have to go through insurance and like, it's, it's a headache. (laughs) So I'm the type of person who like, I always want to keep busy and like do something I'm trying to force myself to kind of like sit still. But then when I sit still, I still get injured. So, you know, it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, I wish you luck in that. 
as you, you as you venture into figuring out some of those things. And I hope you feel a little bit more conscious by the end of the week in that area, at least. Yes, I hope so, too. Thank you. <laughs> so you run the blog Thrifts and Tangles, which is how I originally found you. I've been following you on Instagram for a while. I've just always like loved your vibe and how you approach conversations. Can you tell me a little bit about how that started? Yes, of course. Thank you so much. I love Thirst and Tangles. I feel like that's like my first little baby that I <laughs> created. I created it back in 2012. And first it started as a way for me to document my hair journey. Like it totally was under mm. a different name back then. It wasn't Thirst and Tangles, but I uh, modeled for a Paul Mitchell hair show and they cut wow. my hair off. Yeah, they, they like, it was the whole shebang. They cut my hair off drastically. They gave me like a curly cut, which I had never really seen my hair curly before. And my hair was like to my ears almost. Like it was <sighs> a really short pixie cut. And they dyed my hair like hot pink highlights, which was totally bold, totally different wow. from anything scene. Yeah, it was it was a lot. And I've, I had never dyed my hair at that point. I hadn't been wearing my hair curly at that point. But the way they styled it, they styled it cute and curly. And it was like a very edgy kind of hairstyle. And I was like, you know what, this is probably a good way for me to start transitioning into my natural hair journey. And I was like, right. this is such a cool um, opportunity for me to maybe share my journey online and kind of track like the progress of my hair growing. And um, so that's how it started. But then a lot of people started asking me, like, where are you shopping? Where are you getting your clothes? And mm. it was after I started thrifting. They opened a Savers thrift store down the street from my house. And my mom and I were like going to Savers like every other day. Like we had a problem, but they had such cute clothes, such great prices. And I was like, you know what? I should start sharing some of um, these thrifted outfits online to show people that they can get really good outfits for not a lot of money. So that's yeah. when the name came, Thrifts and Tangles, Thrifted Fashion natural hair. And then later on, I got really into like sustainability and watching documentaries about the fast fashion industry. And I was like, you know what? I feel like I can incorporate this into my content as well. So now that's where we are today. And my goal is to encourage women to give thrifting, sustainability, and their natural selves a chance. And I try to Mm. do it like you said, I try to be really approachable. Like those topics can be really intimidating and I don't want it to be intimidating. Like I want it to be like very inclusive, very welcoming. Like there's no such thing as a mistake in this space. Like you can't do, there's, yes. there's no right way to be sustainable. So um, I hope to encourage that um, and get that to come across through the content I create. Well, at least for me, it totally has. And I appreciate that approach because similarly in terms of just kind of like wanting to to create an approachable space when I first started learning about sustainability and and went vegan and I was like all in I was really overwhelmed by the internet <laughs> and felt like to be a good you know sustainability practitioner I had to fit my years worth of trash in a jar and if I couldn't do that I sucked <laughs> you know and I was like, well, I just want to have this conversation be more approachable. And I'm sure, I'm sure people have given the feedback to you that you've created that space. Yes, they have, which I'm very grateful for. Like my favorite comment is if someone tells me they went to the thrift store for the first time because of it. Oh my gosh, cool. What did you buy? 
But you're right. Like they, there's this image online, especially that I don't know where it came from or why it's even existing, but like you have to fit everything, all your trash into a mason jar. And that's so unrealistic for a lot of our population. And I feel like there's a lot of like eco guilt and like all these things that come around sustainable. And that shouldn't be the case, right? Every small change makes a difference. And it's really corporations causing the problems, but like you can still figure out ways in your life that you can just be a little more sustainable. Like that matters too. Yes, totally. So you mentioned that you started to get a little bit more into sustainability because of documentaries. Is that kind of where the journey started? Was that the yeah, I, origin story? Yeah, I would say, because again, like thrifting, like I would go thrifting all the time with my mom and like, I'm like, oh, well, I'm thrifting because it's saving money. But like, I still had a really big problem with like overconsumption and like just fast fashion yeah. and shopping and all these things. And I went from like shopping to the mall to going to the thrift store where I can afford way more clothes. Like I was going to the Goodwill Clarence Center in Las Vegas. I grew up in Las Vegas and you could get 50 pounds of clothes for $10. So like I was doing that (laughs) all the the time. That's the size of like a medium child. (laughs) It is. It is. It's ridiculous. (laughs) And I was going like once a week. It was ridiculous. I was just accumulating so much stuff and some of it was because of haul culture. Like on YouTube, I was trying to do my YouTube channel and I was like, well... I need to be able to do a haul video. So like I was purposely consuming to then create this con, but it was a mess. Um, And so one day I think I turned on Netflix and they had the documentary, The True Cost, which I feel like a lot of people in this space really love that documentary, but I start watching it and they talk about like the problems with fast fashion and how thousands of garment workers died in the Raza Plaza collapse, the building collapse. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I never realized the true cost of the items I'm purchasing. Like I never realized, you know, when you're buying, you're so far removed from like the creation of the garment and all that stuff. So you just see a cute piece, but you don't realize, okay, why is this piece only $5? Like who was being exploited to create this? Like all the labor exploited. And so that documentary was like life-changing for me because I was still shopping fast fashion in addition to thrifting. Mm -hmm. But after I watched that documentary, I was like, okay, I'm going to thrift as much as possible. And then I'm going to source the rest of my clothing, like stuff I don't want to buy at the thrift store, like underwear and socks and stuff. I'm going to try to find ethical alternatives for that. And I found some really great ethical companies. Like I really like Pack. They have some of like the mm-hmm. best underwear I've ever found and like, like socks. And then I also, there was a place in Las Vegas that opened up downtown and Las Vegas is not a sustainable city at all. Like, I don't think they're on the map. for sustainability. <laughs> I've never very gone to Las Vegas, but I guess if I had to make an assumption, <laughs> be kind yeah, of a like wasteful this- city. Yeah, like the strip, they you'll just be sitting there if you're gambling, they'll just give you like plastic cups, like drink alcohol, like they'll give it to you for free. Like they are so wasteful, like and they'll give you a little umbrella, like you didn't even ask for it. Like it's <laughs> nobody asked for this umbrella. No one wanted it. But so there was a place that opened called um, I think they were called Sister House Collective, and they opened up downtown and they were really about like they sourced, they it was a small store owned by a woman named Ashley. And she had like only ethical brands in her store. And she had a lot of community events. Um, I'm pretty sure they have like, you could do bulk shopping there, but she hosted a documentary night and she showed the documentary River Blue. And that talked about how fast fashion um, contaminates the waterways and specifically focused on like rivers and There's a quote in the documentary that says, you know, the color of the year based on whatever the river's color is. There's a river in China that 
I guess they don't properly dispose of the dyes and they're like toxic chemical dyes. So if the river is hot pink that season, that means that's the it color of the year coming out. Like you're going to see a lot of hot pink clothes. And that was like, oh, I hate that oh, so much. Right. And it was like, and it was, they were contaminating really popular like this these are waterways that people use to survive like they're supposed to be drinking out of this water bathing in this water like these are really important water sources so after watching those two documentaries i was like okay i need to just like even thrifting is a problem for the way i'm over consuming Mm. really conscious about what i'm buying why i'm buying it like i don't need to just be mindlessly consuming like everything has an impact on people on the planet some way, somehow. And I want to make my impact as positive as possible or just reduce the negative impact. So yeah, those two were really like changed the trajectory of my life. I love that so much. The power of media, right. in in creating something that everyone has that like different entry point, like that pulls on them that they're like, Oh, I get it. Yes. Yes. It's so true. And it was interesting because at the time I was, I think in like 20, it must've been like 2012, 2014 time period. I was modeling for a fast fashion company in Vegas. They were like a fast fashion boutique. And I wanted to be a model. And I was like, after watching those, I was like, okay, like, I don't want to be the face of a lot of these companies. And some of the girls who I modeled with, they got signed by, like my goal was to get signed by Wilhelmina and they got signed by Wilhelmina and they were the face of Forever 21. They were the face of H&M. Like if you went to the website, the girls I used to model with, they were like front page. And at that time, oh, that was my dream. And I was like, after watching these documentaries and like- after You're like, I'm so conflicted. <laughs> exactly. And I'm over here with Thurston Tangles, bad mouthing like these companies. And I'm like, okay, but wait, but if you hire me, am I going to work for you? So I was like, there is like- a disconnect here. And so I did a ton of research and I found that there are actually ethical modeling agencies. And I signed with one in LA like five years ago. They're called Role Models Management. And they connect models with um, brands that are in alignment with their values. And that was the biggest thing for me. I was like, I don't want... like If I'm living my life more consciously and more ethically, like I cannot support these brands that are doing bad by people on the planet. So to be able to kind of align like my vision, my mission, my goals and everything with my work, that was amazing too. So yeah, I, I, I feel like, again, it changed the trajectory of my whole life. I was like, I don't want to sign with Wilhelmina anymore. I don't want to model for Forever 21. Like that is not the goal. But yeah, I'm so glad that happened because fast fashion, as we all know, is a whole monster. Yeah, I'm really stuck on the river being the color of the year. Like it doesn't, it's a, one of those things that like, it doesn't totally shock me because we learn these things and we're like, yep, yep. That tracks for how we treat the planet and people, but just sometimes those like that visual is gross. It's disturbing. And I tell you, like, if you look it up, like the river will be hot pink. It's not even like, you know, you put like a little bit of like a hue. (laughs) Yeah, no, mm -mm, it's saturated. It's like full saturation, a hundred percent hot pink. So how did kind of denouncing fast fashion and moving into more sustainable fashion realm, how did that influence other parts of your life with sustainability? I think for me, it made me like kind of, because I went down the rabbit hole, right? Like I always say like, dip your toe (laughs) in, the water's nice. But then once you get in, like you uncover everything (laughs) when it Mm -hmm. comes to like- You're like, let me dive into this pool. (laughs) 
Exactly. Uh, when it comes to food and cleaning products and all that stuff, I still like, I feel like with my food, I don't, I'm not a good cook. I don't cook. Like I eat out like crazy. Like I haven't been able to really implement it in my food life, but I am. I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) I haven't got there yet, but my husband, he stopped eating red meat for environmental reasons. So because he is the one who does the cooking in a relationship, he doesn't cook red meat. So now we're like white meat only, mostly fish. So I feel like that's, that was on him. Like I never even told him to like go rabbit hole. So I was like, okay. So I feel like we stopped consuming so much red meat. As far as cleaning products, we still use some things like, like, I don't know, like bleach and I don't know, like some harsh cleaning Mm -hmm. product, but it's more so like I was trying to overhaul my entire life. Like I was trying to overhaul my beauty products. I'm trying to do all clean and green cleaning did products. Did you go hard fast? Did you be like, did you have to be, I, were you worried that you had to overhaul everything at like that day? Cause that's what I yeah, felt. I was like, yeah, everything, that, everything's trying to kill me. <laughs> that's how they make it. Yeah. They're like, get rid of everything, but honestly, like do things slowly and do things that make sense. Cause I got allergy tested again, going back to health. I'm allergic to like all plants. So when I tried <laughs> to switch to green uh, like cleaning products and beauty products. Like I broke out like crazy. Like I had eczema and like all these things. And I'm like, okay, maybe I can't make these changes. Right. The one for me. Yeah. So I feel like, but I was more mindful about making changes where I could, like, for example, we were using a lot of water bottles and we were eating on paper plates, like for no reason, just because we didn't want to wash dishes. And so I was like, can we really like slow down and actually, you know, use nice utensils and nice plates but the water bottles when we realized that we could save money by switching from the water bottles we got like a water dispenser machine and we could get a five gallon bottle of water for like a dollar and 25 cents versus buying water bottles packed water bottles which are so wasteful so it was like things like that like okay what makes sense for our lifestyle um a lot of the sustainability swaps like the s- sustainable swaps they will save you money in the long run so that was a yeah. great way for me to like get my husband on board like hey we're going for green. sure it's, <laughs> it's for our budget it's for our budget but it was things like that that like I had never thought about twice about why am I eating off a paper plate like I never like that was normal Isn't it wild, especially like within late stage capitalism, just how, at least in this like westernized world that that we're in, the normalization of waste is what I've realized in one of the, you know, many things I've realized in this journey of more conscious living. But it's just like we are so desensitized to the idea of just bags of trash. And it's so wild that it, you know, it took me 25 years or whatever to think about where does trash go? Exactly. Where does it go? (laughs) And it's one of those things out of sight, out of mind. You throw it away. It's gone. It's, you know, not my problem. Yeah. But no, it still exists. It goes somewhere. And that's one thing with the thrifting. Like people think when they donate to the thrift store, you know, well, first of all, I found out that people think if they donate to the thrift stores, it goes to a population like who needs it. And that's not the case. Like people think they thrift it and then it gets gives the items go to someone who's in need. But no, that's not how any thrift stores work to my <laughs> understanding. Like I, I know some thrift stores, like they'll maybe fund programs for Big Brother, Big Sister. They'll fund programs or like, like that. give but back like, for a month, round up to give to this organization, like that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, but it's never like the clothes you donate don't go straight to an individual. And then 
once you donate, like the thrift stores, I have a YouTube video on my thrifts and thrifts and tangles account. And I went behind the scenes at Savers Thrift Store. And so when you go to Savers Thrift Store, I don't know if you've ever been in one of those, it's also mm-hmm. Value Village, right? They're huge, right? They're pretty they're massive. Big. They're massive. It's like a freaking Ross. Like they are organized, they're massive, they're big. But the behind the scenes is just as massive. Like it's impressive how many clothes don't actually make it onto the floor. And those clothes mm. up in the back, if they don't sell in the store, they end up just getting shipped off to a different country, country, right? Their problem. And it's like, there's so much waste. And I feel like people don't, again, because when you're like, oh, let's declutter, let's donate. You think you're doing good. And then it's like, no, you're just sometimes making it someone else's problem. That's why being a mindful consumer is like one of the best things you can do. Like just don't don't (laughs) overconsume. Buy less shit so you don't have to deal with the repercussions. Hey there, it's me. If you're digging this conversation so far around conscious living in this episode and you're feeling inspired to make change, that's literally why I'm here. If you want sustainable ways to be sustainable, you hear eco-friendly or green and wonder if you're doing it right. You want to make your diet more earth-friendly by going vegan. You want to live a more connected life, but you're not even sure what that means. No judgment. It is possible to feel excited about making changes to make a difference in the world every single day with your choices to go vegan and stay vegan without feeling like you're missing anything, or to learn how to make good choices for the planet without feeling stressed. I help folks who are ready to make changes in their life that support their health and the world around them through supportive coaching, practical education, and steps that make you enjoy the process. If that's you, email me at consciouslycarly at gmail.com and let's chat. Back to the episode. Exactly. And it was like going back to, I mentioned that I was doing it like way too many haul videos for YouTube. I found myself, like I would go through my closet. I have 50 pounds of clothes from whatever week. I was like, okay, I did my video. I'm not going to wear this probably. And I was like, okay, well, do I just take it back to the thrift store? And I was like, this is so, wow. this doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I can't just take this back to the thrift store. I just bought this. Like, this is so ridiculous. So not only did I cut back on my haul videos, I started hosting clothing swaps in Las Vegas because I was like, I have a ton of clothes. I'm sure there's people in the community who also have a ton of clothes, but like, let's just swap our clothes and just keep giving the clothes new life. And that was one of the funnest, like best things I feel like I could have done. I hosted like, I feel like I hosted like seven of them. And it was really cool because sometimes like let's say on the first clothing swap I brought an item I would see it appear again like on the fifth clothing swap so like someone took the item and they're like okay I don't want it anymore and like it just kept you just kept seeing items here and you could see people fall in love with the clothing like you can have that conversation with them like oh I wore that to you know the Beyonce concert and like this is how I styled it and like all these things and it was it was such a fun community event and it encouraged my community to figure out ways they could do other swaps. Like I had a friend, mm. she's into natural hair. She did a natural hair product swap because like finding oh, products. Like try for- something. Exactly. Like products don't That's always so work smart. for your hair and it just goes to waste. So it's like, if it was gently used, she would swap those. Someone had a book swap. Like there were so many ways that people were like, wait, why are we buying new when we probably have a community of people who have items that we want and that we can use? So that was like one of the best things. And in terms of people who need it actually getting it. So I'm a a part of a a nonprofit in my small town that focuses on, or I'm, I'm on the board of it that does environmental stuff. 
and we hosted a clothing swap and it's a small town. It's my, I'm back in my hometown. So it's like, you know, everybody. Um, and I just realized looking around, we had it, you could drop off clothes this time and it was free. It was, you know, like nothing. And I could tell there were people in there that wouldn't have been able to shop or get that much clothing normally. And again, that's not a judgment. That's just like a, a understanding small town, you know, people. And that I think was the, the best part besides all the stuff saved from landfill, right? Was being like, oh, this is how people actually who need it, get it. Yes, exactly. Because again, people think it's through the thrift stores and that's not the case. And it's, it's again, we're so far removed though, that we don't know these yeah. things. What do you think that comes from in terms of people like not wanting to swap or people that have things against kind of like thrifting. Have you had anybody like, Oh, I just don't want to, I just don't want used stuff. Yes. I've had plenty of people say that to me. And it's funny because I used to work in like a little boutique that again, was the boutique I modeled for. I worked there as well. Mm. And I was like, okay, you don't want used thrifted items. But when I unpack a brand new item for this boutique, it reeks of a chemical smell. Like oh. it's, it's concerning. Like, I'm like, you're better off getting the used item. Cause at least if it was bought that way, like that's been probably washed and rinsed so many times that you don't have to worry about it so much, like being directly on your skin. But I, I'm just like the stuff you can, you can find things new with tags at the thrift stores too. So if you're worried about getting things used, there's ways that you can find new items that were you know, never worn, but they're still considered secondhand because someone bought eBay it and Poshmark and stuff searching new with tags. Like there are some things I've, I, what, what did I get recently on Poshmark? Oh, this is so bougie sounding a small like milk frother thing. Cause I love a London fog latte. And I was like, why not make these at home? And I was like, let me see if I can thrift one first. And I found the one I wanted for half the price and someone bought it and just didn't use it. And so that's what I always tell people. It's like, even like just your next time you're going to make a purchase, anything, just like pause for two seconds. And could you do it a little differently? It could make a huge difference. Yes. And like you said, it'll probably save you money too. So if that's the only thing you get from that, like save yourself, get it half the price, like never pay retail. (laughs) I feel like that. Yep. Seriously. My friend was like, oh, I just bought this, the same one at at Target or whatever. And I was like, I got it for half the price. And they're like, you bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, but you can too. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's not, I don't know. I feel like people are so focused on like, like quickness and convenience and like Mm. they want now and it makes it so easy to get it now. Like thrifting. Oh my gosh. When I was like, really into like thrifting everything and I wasn't really shopping so much with ethical brands, I'd be like, okay, I need a white t-shirt, simple white t-shirt. It would take me like six months to be able to thrift a white t-shirt. And I'm like, okay. Like, cause they always had a little graphic on it or something would like ruin it. Plain white, but people don't have the patience to wait like that. And I don't know if you need, like, if you need a certain item for an event, I get why you just go to the store and buy it. But if you can take a step back, like ask yourself, do you really need it? Can I wait to get it? Like, even if you wait a week, I feel like in a week, you Mm -hmm. might not want the item anymore. And then you just save yourself some money and don't have just more crap in your house. It's also so interesting. I haven't talked to enough people outside of my own kind of Western identity, I guess, about this, but the cultural idea of like shopping as a hobby or just as like a leisurely activity 
it didn't strike me as odd until, you know, in the last few years kind of thinking about it. And I get it. People like walk around or like, but just the idea of like going to the mall for the weekend, every weekend, like just to shop, like what the hell? (laughs) Isn't that so So interesting that we've like made it an activity? Yeah. It's like literally at the store I worked at, there was a shirt that you could buy and it said shopping is my cardio. And like, I remember seeing a ton of (laughs) shirts like that. Oh no. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, shopping is a workout, but like, what? Why we gotta talk about your exercise plan first of all. <laughs> but it, it's so true, and it's funny. I did. I forgot what post. I remember writing a post a long time ago about this because shopping very much was my hobby. Like people are like, "What do you like mm-hmm. to do?" I'm like, "I like to shop." Like first of all, that's not really. I don't think that's a real hobby. Like I don't know if that right, counts. Right. Because even now too, like I used to say, I like to thrift, but I'm like, that's still shopping. Like that's still. Yeah. I also love to thrift, but as a hobby versus a thing you do when you need to probably is the the difference, right? Yes, exactly. And like, I used to go to the mall every single weekend, like in middle school, like every Sunday I'd be there from open until closing, like with my friends, like, yeah, we were there all day. My parents did not have to worry. They're like, okay, they're at the mall. They're fine. But we'd buy like two items. Like we were just window shopping most of the time. We were just hanging really out too. Yeah. And it was the hangout spot, but it kind of makes me glad that like malls are really like and pitiful now. Yeah. It kind of makes me glad. Cause I'm like, like, I don't know. The malls are a mess, but yeah. Shopping. There's so many other things you can do like with friends that doesn't, they don't, it doesn't require spending money one and like shopping right. really should be for necessity. Like I have a couple of friends who hate shopping. And I always were like, what, what do you mean you hate shopping? Shopping's so fun. But they're like, I mean, you go shopping when you need something. And it's just so reasonable hearing them talk about shopping versus like my mindset was like, no, shopping's a way, like a hangout spot. Then like, there's so many beneficial things you could do like with friends. It's probably a regional thing too. Cause I grew up in such a small town that the, the closest mall was two hours away. So like, that wasn't like going to be the gathering spot so for me I was just like oh my god shopping is a lot of work (laughs) (laughs) you know whereas we were just kind of outside but I suppose that's that's like a regional thing too which I'm obviously just putting together now just my privilege of not of being in a small town I'm just like la 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 I feel like that's better though because like so in Vegas Vegas during the summer is so hot like what can you do you can't go to the park you can't go outside like you go to the movies, maybe, but then you're like, oh no, I'm going to the mall. <laughs> right, right. I think there needs to be what we're what we're finding here. The the <laughs> summary of this podcast episode is that we need better places to hang out with friends than malls. <laughs> basically, yeah, basically. And like you said, I think it does depend on like where you live. Um, but yeah, shopping, cardio, hobbies, like shopping really. I don't know why, like maybe it's from movies and stuff, like from TV shows. Like I think of a lot of the shows I grew up with and the girls were always like, let's go to the mall, right? Like, oh my God, always millennial. Every show I watched as a millennial, I swear to God, everyone was at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Every single person was like hanging out at the mall. Yeah. 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 I don't know why it's such a hobby, but it, it shouldn't be. And that you can save so much money if you eliminate that as a hobby, like find something else to do. Like, okay, let me tell you, online shopping became a problem for me. I would spend like, yeah. with before, I would be online for like eight hours, like adding things to my car. Like, it was unhealthy. Like I just, whenever I was on Forever 21's newsletter or whatever, when they would tell you a thousand new items dropped, I was like, I need to see every single thousand item. Mm. Like I would go through them. <laughs> And I wouldn't buy anything. I just wanted to see. So 
I don't know. I used to do that online too. I used to do that online in college and look at stuff because, well, for me going to college, I was going in Minneapolis, which is five hours away from here. So that was like, I had everything like I can go, I can go shop. I can get a new outfit. Like I can leave an hour. I don't have to make a day trip of it to go shopping at the mall. You know, it was very exciting. I also was just like, wow, shirts for $3. Is this heaven? Right. You just don't think about why it's $3. Yeah. It's sad. (laughs) Looking back, it's like, okay, we know better. When you know better, you do better. Can't judge ourselves. Can't judge ourselves. Can't get stuck there. But I'm curious with this, you know, sustainability journey that you're on, I think it's kind of a forever journey, right. To keep learning and growing. But what does that mean now becoming a mom? Has that influenced any of your decisions in that arena? Yes. Yeah. I know. Now I have a little one, a little six month old pointy nails. <laughs> yes. Very sharp. Not today. They're, I filed them down correctly. Today. Your eye filed them down for her. Yeah, I did. <laughs> her, really him, did. them. Sorry. I, I think her. her. Yeah. A little, yeah. yeah okay. her. <laughs> I, it's interesting because I feel like I don't want to be so strict about mm. um, like being overly sustainable with her. Like I know there's a lot of, I think they call them like crunchy mamas where they're like, you know, green, everything green. But for me, the green, everything does not work for me. And I'm like, okay, she is my child. She might be allergic to everything just like I am. True. So I'm just things like I, I thrift a lot of her outfits. Um, our family gifted us a t- of stuff and a lot of it's not sustainable but I'm like I can't like I'm going to use the gifted items like they're amazing but I want to try to get things that are long lasting we're going to keep a lot of her items like if we decide to have more kids like we're going to try to like put them away we're making her own foods like my brother bought us a baby Nutribullet so she's just Mm -hmm. now food. so we're gonna try to like like I don't know steam her vegetables and blend them up so much healthier yeah. So we're going to just do little things like that. That makes sense. But I feel like I'm not strict on like the certain type of diapers. Like we use Huggies. Mm. I know there's like, you can do reusable diapers, but I'm like, we want to make it so we're not super stressed, which I feel like reusable diapers I've heard are like very stressful and we need to do what's kind of convenient for our lifestyle. So right. there's certain there's certain areas where we're like, okay, yeah, this makes sense to do a more sustainable option. And like we have, oh, what are they? Oh, I guess it's like a, no, no, I don't know. I don't have an example. <laughs> no, that's cool. I understand. <laughs> I was trying to think of an example. We have these like wipes where you can buy like the things that come in a plastic wipe, but we have like a little bin that we can put them in. And so it's a little less plastic. It's like, oh, no. I don't know what they call them. Re, I guess it's refill, wipe refills is what we get. Oh so yeah. Like okay. Plastic thing, but that plastic thing is like a long lasting, like you can reuse it. A reusable. Like the refill cleaning product. products when you use the bottle again. Yeah. 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 I don't know why I didn't think I can explain that. I was like about to give up and I'm like, well, no, like that's what it is. I know. I like how you were like, no, keep going. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I can get through this. But yes, it's stuff like that where it's like, okay, this is still using some plastic, but it's using less plastic than if we were just to buy like the white containers that come in plastic right. and you have to dispose of them all the time. So just little things like that. We're like, okay, this works for us. I love that. And circling back to what we were talking about, where it's like you you find out everything and you like go hard. You're like, oh my God, I have to overhaul everything. My life is a mess everything's a lie. Everything's trying to kill me like that. It, it sounds dramatic, but it is a very real kind of when you're learning about things that change your worldview, yeah. it's really, it, it rocks your 
foundation a bit. And I remember one of my first podcast interviews, I, and that was three years ago now. So I was definitely less forgiving. I was more like, we have to do this. Like now is it's now or never, which I still like believe in some ways, but I can't be perfect. Right. In an imperfect world. And this guest said like, well, it's not that our world's not set up to be perfectly sustainable. So you can't be perfectly sustainable. And the way she said it is like, duh, but it has stuck with me for the last three years when I'm getting down on myself, just like, yeah, you're not set up in a world for this to work correctly. So you trying it all is actually pretty dope. Yeah, exactly. And it's like the fact that you're even making an effort because we're not like they don't even want us to be sustainable. I feel like <laughs> unless they're greenwashing, mm-hmm. us, like, they don't want sustainability to be a thing. They the powers that be. Um, yep. But so like the fact that you're even being mindful or even like maybe second guessing or questioning anything like that's a good sign. That's a good place to be. That means you at least care and are conscious of, you know, whatever impact you're making. So, no, I think that's it's true. You can't be perfectly sustainable. I always beat myself up because I feel like I'm like, if I need a new item, like for example, like I have like the same pair of shoes I've had forever. And my husband's like, you need new shoes, but I really like Converse. And I'm like, okay, but I don't want to buy like a new pair of Converse because Converse aren't sustainable, but I don't like the, I tried some sustainable shoes, but they're not as comfortable. And I'm like, okay, do I get the less comfortable pair because they're ethically made? Like I go through this thing and my my husband's like, yeah, I've done that. It's so frustrating. He's like, just get the Converse. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and thread up and look for Converse. He's like, just buy the new Converse. And like, it, it, I go through this whole thing in my head where I'm like, and it's so frustrating because it's like, it's okay. You know, the shoes, go, like I will wear the shoes forever. Like even with like Levi's, I feel like Levi's, I, I usually thrift Levi's, but like, if you know, it's a quality item that you like and it's comfortable and you can get good wear out of it. It's okay to be unsustainable in those realms like as long as you're shopping quality and being mindful and you know it's going to be in your wardrobe for a long time and that's something I'm still like dealing with and learning because I always am just like oh my gosh I'm a horrible person like I'm giving them my money I'm voting with my dollar it's like oh my gosh chill like it's okay oh I relate to you so hard because it I will spend I mean the amount of time it takes me or has taken me to like pick out shoes right to be like is it this brand? Should I go on Poshmark? Should I, can I find them new with tags? That's not my size. Could I squeeze into a smaller size because I'm thrifting up like stupid questions you shouldn't be asking yourself, but the, the pressure to do something it's, it's real, but we have to kind of figure out a way to not make it make us crazy or it's not sustainable for us. No, not at all. It's like, you just have to give yourself some grace. Like it's okay. Mm. I then I feel like too like I don't know if you feel like this with your podcast but like as a creator too like I feel like you you your audience is like I'm like my audience expects me to thrift in like I have to show up a certain way online and that also is another layer where it's like you feel like you have to be perfect yes I do relate to that 100% content creating podcasts I'm working with a business coach right now actually I've worked with before just to kind of like help grow and and move to the next level and we were having conversations about what holds us back, what narratives hold us back from growing in our business. And my coach was like, I realized that all the stuff I was putting online, I wasn't actually living it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I was just doing it for the online space, but I wasn't like taking care of myself. And I was like, oh yeah, that happens too. Where you're like, I'm going to put this image out there because that's what you expect of me. But then you're actually setting everybody up for failure too. Cause they're like, wow, she's trying to, she's perfect all the time. 
doing mm-hmm. all this shit? And it's like, actually, no. And I've gotten a lot better at being like, I feel like shit or I messed up or this is what's happening. This is real because one, it's easier. And two, it's just so much nicer to connect with other people in that way. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you more relatable. I feel like. Yeah. A hundred percent. Is there, I feel like I love chatting with you. You have such a vibe that I've appreciated from your content and comes through from you as a person, which means your content's really good because it reflects you. Um, But is there anything that I haven't given you space to talk about that you wanted to talk about on the podcast? I feel like we touched on a lot of the things. Um, I guess the only thing I'll mention too is like, so I do thrifting, sustainability, and natural hair. So if there's mm-hmm. any natural hair uh, people listening, um, shampoo bars, I feel like people with curly hair oh. sometimes are like, they're not sure if they work, right? They're like, it's not going to work for my curls. There are some good shampoo bars out there. If you are ever like looking at it and are nervous and scared and I'm like, it's not going to work try those out that's the only thing I want to share I'm like no I love that I love that because I think you know in the spaces I've observed and I am coming into this conversation as a white woman with hair that you know can be washed with pretty much whatever Dawn dish soap if I wanted it to be but (laughs) not that I'm doing that but I think it's so beautiful to talk about natural hair care and sustainability because not a lot of spaces are necessarily doing that. No. And and I'm sure for people with natural hair, it's like, so can I do this? Yeah. And it's hard because again, like it's almost like we're an afterthought or a second thought, like the curls are never considered. So it's like, okay, that might work for the, you know, straight with straight hair, like white women, like that might work fine. But what about us curly girls? So there's yeah. two brands I really like. There's a brand called Etique. It's E-T-I-Q-U-E. They have a curl line. It's like a blue bar. Their stuff works really good. And then there's a, one called Humby Organics and they have like mango scent. It smells so good. But like, I was so skeptical when I tried both of those products. I'm like, this is not going to work for my hair. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be a waste. I'm like, no, I have repurchased and repurchased. I'm like, okay, this stuff actually works. So it was really interesting because for sustainability, it's like sometimes sustainable products I find are not as good as like the traditional unsustainable products, but yeah. they're starting to get better and they're starting to really like make like a shampoo for curly girl. Like they're just expanding right. and they're definitely more of a demand for it. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that up about the shampoo. No, bars. I'm so I'm so glad you did because I think that that's such a another avenue for for people to be interested, right? That they think it's maybe not for them, but you're saying like, no, it can be. It can, this can work. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely hope. And then yeah, don't don't overhaul like your life when you learn about sustainable products. Like make changes where you where you can, but don't feel like you have to throw everything out immediately because that's not sustainable like use what you have yes yes I didn't do that but that's what I tell people to do now (laughs) yeah we learn from our mistakes I didn't do that either but learn from our mistakes (laughs) let us help you (laughs) well thank you so much where can people get a hold of you and follow along on everything you're doing because I know they're going to want to after hearing this conversation Yes, you can go to my, I have a blog. It's www.thriftsandtangles.com. I'm Thrifts and Tangles on Instagram and on YouTube. Those are my main platforms. So find me over there.
Thank you so much. This was so fun. I hope we can connect again in the future. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you. This was great. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I want to know. Oh, are you feeling more clueless or conscious now? I want to get your answer on it. I was like, what did I do? Sorry, um, okay. <laughs> I'm feeling more conscious now because I I got my period and I have endometriosis. And so I I was like sleeping before this. I just have not felt good today, but you energized me. So I'm definitely feeling more connected now. Thank you for that. Yay, that's awesome. All right. That's all. And thank you for asking too. I love when people flip the script on me. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode of Consciously Clueless. And for that, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or tag me and share in social media. Share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. To get more resources, influence on topics covered, and bonus content, join the Consciously Clueless community over on Patreon at patreon.com slash consciouslycarly. And don't forget, if you need help living more consciously, let's work together. Email me today. See you next Wednesday for a new episode. This podcast is supported by all the brands that I love and that I get to work with. Considering how much I talk about the fact that we should be buying less, you know if I'm promoting a brand, it means I use it myself and I love it. Sometimes the stars align and I score discount codes for the brands that I love. If you go to consciouslycarly.com slash shop, you'll find discount codes for brands like Parade that sell sustainable underwear, Terraseed that is vegan vitamins, Joy selling sustainable plant-based milk alternatives, plain products that shows a new way to provide the world a shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and more by using returnable, recyclable containers. There is so much on that page of all the brands that support this podcast and support the work I do. So don't forget to go to consciouslycarly.com slash shop to check all of that out. Mm-hmm.